Hey guys, it's time for Nina's Got Good News. Nina's a former TV news gal who used to share all the news. Now, as a mom and small businesswoman, she wants to share only the good stuff. It's time to brighten your day. So here's your host, Nina B. Clark. Hi everyone, I am Nina Clark, your host of Nina's Got Good News, and guess what? We are rolling. The mics are hot, and we are all here to share the good stuff. Welcome back. First up, I want to say that you guys are so awesome. You guys are spreading so much goodness out there in the world, so you're here in the right place. This is a movement to share good news, and we are growing every single week with a brand new episode each and every week. Today, in podcast number 29, that's right, I said 29, I can't believe we made it here, I'm bringing you an exciting episode today with such a motivational and amazing guest. She will surely get you all fired up to keep crushing 2019. She's an experienced and enthusiastic fitness professional. Her last name may be pretty, but her workouts are not at all pretty. She's actually going to kick your butt. Welcome to the podcast, my friend, Mackenzie Pretty. Hi, Mac. Hi, Nina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm oh really excited to be here. Isn't this fun? Have it you is. ever done a podcast before? Never. Isn't it fun? It is. I'm really, really excited. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. Here we are Nina. in my dining room. Yeah. It's, it's kind it's of fun, awesome. right? It's yeah. awesome. But I, I am. I'm a little nervous, oh but I'm gosh. excited about it. Oh, really. you're so great. You're so great. Well, everyone's going to love you as much as I do. We all love you. Those of us that you take your so classes sweet. at Joyride. In Westport, Connecticut, and in Darien, Connecticut, we love Joyride, but tell us a little bit about yourself, because not everyone knows how fabulous you are. Ah, well, that's very, very sweet of you, but um, I am, I'm a mom of three, and my husband, Tom, and I, um, we moved to Westport about 10 years ago, and so my daughter, she's 13, my first son is James, he's 11, and then I have a nine-year-old son as well, Thomas, and we moved to Westport 10 years ago. Prior to that, we were in Chicago um, for five years where my first two children were born, which we loved, Um, and I've been now um, in... The East Coast is actually where I grew up. I'm from Guilford, Connecticut, um, and I went to Fairfield University right down the street from Westport. But um, after I graduated college, I entered the corporate world, and I worked for GE and traveled really kind of 100% of the time, which was pretty amazing after kind of growing up in Connecticut in Guilford and then going to Fairfield University. Um, and I met my husband at GE, which is something that I'm so thankful. Oh, that's thankful. so cute. Yeah, it you is, guys worked together? I didn't we know did. that. That's actually how we met um, when I was, you know, in my 20s. Um, and so anyways, we were lucky enough that the GE brought us back east because my family's still here. Um, and it was something that I was really, as much as we love Chicago, and prior to that, we were in Portland, Oregon and Seattle. As much as I love Chicago and all the places we lived, I really wanted to be closer to home and to my parents. And um, when the opportunity arise for us to to move um, to um, Fairfield County, we jumped at it. So we're really thrilled to, to kind of be in this area now. Yeah, I know. It's so great here. We yep. love Connecticut. And um, we're so grateful that we got to live here. I always say, I love where you live. So that's one of the things um, that's so great about Connecticut. But let's talk about your fitness journey. Sure, sure. How did that start? Because obviously you were in the corporate world. Yep. So when um, I had my first daughter, so we were living in Chicago, um, and I had been, you know, working um, in finance up until then. I had my my Parker. She, I decided to take a break from working, and I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, and it was amazing. It was a wonderful experience, and I'm really um, grateful that I had the opportunity to be home with her. And then um, I had uh, Jamesy 20 months later, 
Um, and I've kind of felt like I was looking for something else. Um, and as, as you know, like throughout pregnancy, that's something that you, you know, you gain all this weight and then you have to lose it. And so part of kind of my, um, my kind of home base, the, the place that I loved was Crunch Fitness out in Chicago. And I would go there every day and I'd be taking the babies and we'd be in the daycare and I was taking all these classes and I had these instructors that I loved and they were motivating me and I was able to kind of, you know, I had to gain the weight and then I lost the weight kind of all throughout Crunch. And um, at one point in time, it was actually my mom who said to me like, hey, why don't you think about, you know, becoming an instructor, you know, cause then you kind of, you get your gym membership for free and the daycares for free. And I was like, Oh no, no, I could, I could never, I could never do that. Why no. do you think your mom thought you could do that? Um, yeah, my mom is actually the first person who introduced me to spinning, which has kind of got me started it. Yeah. She introduced me to it. Um, she, I think she knew that I would, I would crave kind of the team aspect of, yeah. of being in group fitness. And, and I think that that's what, drew me so much to crunch um, and what actually helped motivate me to kind of achieve my fitness goals is because you have a support network. You mm -hmm. have the instructors that are there. I had, you know, the the women in the daycare who helped. I, I really, truly felt like it was like my kids were going to school there. They were helping me raise my kids, yep. you know. They'd I know be there feeling. for an hour, yeah. hour and a half every day and they loved them just as much as I love them. So I've really, um, I think she kind of knew that I, that I would gravitate towards group fitness because it kind of that team atmosphere is yeah. something that I was always drawn to as a kid and, um, young adults and women throughout my life. So, so she brought it up and I was like, no, no, no. It took a while kind of to wrap my head around it. And finally I was like, wait, maybe this is something that I can try and do. So, Oh my God. I know. Well, I know. We so owe it all to your mom. Yes. Yes. We right? owe everything. To, I owe everything to my mother. Let's just oh. be honest yeah, about that. Like, real. yeah. Right. But, um, so yeah, so that was 12, Year, almost 12 years ago. Um, Jamesy will be 12 in February. And uh, so once he was born, I was like, I think it was like five weeks post, um, post a pregnancy. And I got my first, you know, spinning certification. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh my gosh, that was my first that. hit. And that, that was the start of it. So it's been 12 years now that I've been in the fitness industry. So let's talk about this sort of career switch. Right. So many people are thinking about this all the time or they're doing it all the time. This happens to so many of us, right? Where we have our first career, which right. you had in the corporate world at GE, and then now you're on to your second career. So how did you sort of manage such a big career shift? Because they are so different, right? The yeah. corporate world, and then you moved into this fitness world. And so how was that... Um, the difference between the two and how did you transition from one to the other? Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because when I first started, you know, teaching group fitness classes at crunch, you know, I, I didn't necessarily think of it as a career, right? It was something that I love to do. Um, and because I love to do it, I was just trying to grasp more and more and more. And I always wanted to learn and I wanted to have more education and I wanted to teach more classes and I wanted to be exposed to, you know, new types of training. So I think part of how the, the career switch happened was that I was just passionate about it. Um, and I think one, I saw, you know, kind of the individual impact it had on me. And then I also realized that kind of the, my friends and the network that, um, you know, I was really um, involved in kind of all related um, around kind of that fitness industry. And so I, th I think that it started really as a passion, something I was excited about. 
And then it just continued to to spiral and grow, grow. from there. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, it goes back to having that passion, right? When you have that passion and you do what you love, it kind of, it gets bigger and better, right? It right. grows like that. I, I, I agree. Um, I think you have to kind of love what you do. And, and the other thing that I think really kind of helped me is that um, I didn't have, like, there was no ego in it when mm-hmm. I, you know, you go from being very successful in one industry and then when you're going to kind of switch gears, like you have to start over. And I think a little humility yeah, there, yeah, little humi- humility. And, and like, I, I mean, I would teach at any time, any place, anywhere, you know, waking up early to do, you know, the 5am classes I'd be, I, I, my, I remember my mom visiting and she'd be like, what are you doing? And cause I would be, I was nursing, I nursed all my kids up, you know, f- till they were a year old and I would have to wake up at like 4.15 in the morning because I was going to teach a 5.30 class. I have to so wake up at 4.15. I would, I would wake Parker up. I'd have to nurse, or I'd wake James up. I'd have to nurse him, put him down quietly, you know, sneak out, go teach this class, you know, because I'm just subbing at this stage. You're just trying, you're scrappy about any classes that you can right. pick up. You know, come home, nurse again, take care of him. My mom would watch him for an hour. Then I'd go off to the next class, you know. So I think that that's something when you're thinking about starting over for a career, like recognizing that it's, you, you take a step down, Mm -hmm. you know, you take a, you realize that you have to really hustle and kind of start making your way. When I think about now, the life that I have, the classes I get to teach and, you know, it's, I mean, I, I still work so hard at everything that I do, but it's, you know, I teach primetime classes. I, right. you know, it's, but you it's, earned that. The, yeah. You earned I, that, I do right? feel like, yeah, like when you're going to switch a career, you yeah. really have to recognize that, Hey, you know, this is not going to be all sunshine and rainbows. Right. It's going to be a lot of hard work and in it, it's not going to be a year. It's mm-hmm. not going to be two years. It's, you know, it's maybe five, 10, 15 years from now where you're really going to see the benefit of all that hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of comes into play. And what were the, what were some of the challenges? Were there challenges along the way? And then how did you overcome them? I mean, obviously there were challenges, right? With some of your shifts, right? Yeah. Some of your classes right. being at 5am and stuff like that. But what were some of the challenges that you'd have to face in this career change? And then how did you tackle them? Because I feel like so many people think about making a career change and they go through things and this is sort of like, Oh my gosh, I don't think I can do it. Yeah. But obviously you did it and you're here to tell us all about it. So yeah, I I think a lot of the, um, the, the challenges come around that, that were for me is, is one like, um, understanding who it is you're going to be and, you know, Mm -hmm. whether or not it's like a fitness instructor or, you know, whether or not you're going to be in the corporate world and you're going to be, you know, a manager or a CEO, CFO, like understanding like who it is that you want to be, Mm -hmm. right? Like how are people going to perceive you? Um, And especially as, you know, an instructor or a trainer, it's, it's trying to understand what's going to help motivate people, what's going to continue to motivate myself Mm -hmm. without getting burned out. Um, I think that that is one of the challenges, trying to understand who it is that you want to be and and represent and how you're going to motivate other people. Um, the other is like exposure, right? Mm-hmm. Like how do you, like you, I'm sure you've taken incredible instructors throughout, you know, the Fairfield County area and, and probably on your travels, but they don't necessarily have like a huge following, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, this person is amazing. How do they, why, why aren't, why isn't everyone in the world coming to their classes? And I think that um, it's hard to get the exposure at the mm-hmm. right time. Um, so 
you know, having a little bit of luck with a lot of that hard work, yeah. I think is part of it as well. When we lived in Chicago and I was there for five years. And so that's where my career started. And mm -hmm. so that's where I kind of started to have that following. And then when we moved to Connecticut, it was no like, one knew you. Nope, no one knew me. I mean, at and least you were from Connecticut, yeah. but still no one had taken your never. classes. And right? I, I'll never forget, like finally, like getting a job at the edge. And, you know, again, you start from the bottom. I would sub any class at any time, you know, dragging all three kids to the, to the daycare, daycare early in the morning yep. and then going back to teach a night class. Because, again, it's just all about exposure. And I, I remember people and, you know, I just come off of you know, being in Chicago and being inspired by all these amazing instructors and feeling really good about where I was progressing throughout my career. And then I come here and I, I remember getting feedback, just being like, um, they really weren't crazy about your music. Um, oh my gosh. they, you know, they, they kept, they thought you kept the lights too high or <laughs> they didn't really like the drills you do it. And you're like, Oh my gosh. Okay. So I thought they liked yes, me. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was good at this. Yeah. So, um, again, have being able to have that a humility, not, yeah. not having any sort of ego and always trying mm -hmm. to look to improve and right and, and get better and get better. And yeah. I, it, to this day, like and I, maybe not take all that so personally, yes, right? Yes. Cause and, that's and, hard too for all of us. Yeah. But. And I think of feedback as it's one of the most valuable things. Mm -hmm. And I, I crave it to this day. Um, because I think it's just a tool to help you, you know, become stronger and mm -hmm. better at is what you do. So I think that the, having exposure, um, understanding who does you want to be, making sure that you're in the right place at the right time, having that exposure, that's a big challenge. Right. Meeting the right people. Yeah, meeting the right people. Yeah. Um, it's surrounding yourself by people who want to support you and mm -hmm. kind of lift you up. I feel like I've been very, very lucky um, to kind of always have mentors that are um, willing to spend time and work with me and then also recommend me to to other people. Like, you know, right now we're working with Rhody and with Amy. And, I mean, it's just been you know, if it, is it seven years at yeah. right now? It's um, amazing. It's amazing. The exposure yeah. that they've given me and the challenges um, that, you know, they've let me kind of, you know, work with and deal with to help grow individually as an instructor, but then also, you know, in more of a management standpoint, I just feel very lucky um, to be surrounded by that. I know. And then you of course, lucky. it's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, the challenge that every kind of working mom faces is, is how do you manage it all? Oh boy. Yeah. It's you know? the million dollar question, it, girl. It, it is. Yeah. It, and it's, it, it's like you feel guilty you're not spending real. enough time with your kids yep. or you're not, you know, with your job or so that's, that's something. But I, I think, and the way that I try to reconcile that is that I, I, I just, I know I'm going to make mistakes and I, I really try to be okay with that. Yeah. You know, give yourself that grace. Yeah. yeah. And I think we are it, humans yes. and you know, especially like if anyone is looking to embark on a new career, like you screw up left and right. It just, it just is what it is. Like I, you know, but you learn from your failures, you learn from it, right? And you move forward yep. and you just can't be so hard on yourself yep. and, and recognize that, yeah, I am trying to do a lot here and it's okay mm -hmm. if I'm not perfect at everything. You know, I think that's a kind of a hard thing. Um, that's a hard thing to wrap your yeah, head around. Especially for moms. We yeah. want to be we want to be so perfect. We really right? do. Yeah, we, we really do, do everything yep. and please everyone. And yeah, I know that is it is tough. So let's talk so much about you, Mac, I think is this team mentality. Right. So let's talk about how team sports sort of shaped you early on in your life, right? And right. by the way, kudos to you being on Division One Fairfield oh, University Soccer. That's very sweet of you. So this obviously goes way back for you, right? Yes. Um, so how did sort of this whole team sports mentality, how did that shape you? 
Um, early, from early on to where you are now, do you think? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I am so when I'm t- like so passionate, like you know, about being a part of a team, and and it doesn't necessarily have to be sports related. Um, like I, I even feel like my to this day, like my network of girlfriends, like that's my team. Those are the people I go to. They're the ones that like if I have a an issue or problem, like I can talk to them, you know, my family unit, that's a team that I feel like that I'm a part of. And, and you I and think, Tom, yes, right. Team. Well, we try, that's for sure. Um, so I, I, and I think it's because I grew up playing sports and when you're a part of a team, you realize that it's not just about you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you have to work as hard as you can, um, no matter, um, what the situation is, whether or not you're feeling good that day, you might not be feeling good that day. Um, because, you know, if you don't do your part, then the team as a whole is not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I think um, for females especially, to be a part of something um, where I know I'm going to give 100% effort, but, you know, I might not get the credit for the success that the team has. It might be someone else on my team who made a score the goal, and I actually might not even step foot on the field, is something that it teaches you kind of lifelong lessons to be able to be supportive um, of teammates, but then at the same time, not necessarily always getting the accolades or the, um, of all the glory. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if that, you know, no, is kind I, of yeah. coming together there in terms of making sense, but I feel like being a part of te- a team allows you to work towards kind of a goal, but at the same time, you also have to be okay with being supportive of that team, even if you're not the one that's getting right. all of the attention. Yep. And I think at this day like and age... Like you said, even if you don't even play. Yeah, if you don't... If yeah. Even if you, I think one of my favorite teams that I ever played on, and we were national champions when I, for U19, and I didn't play. I wasn't a starter. I was on the bench the entire time. And that was one of the first times in my life that I had actually not been one of you know the the captain or the, the starters star. or this, but yeah. I feel like I learn more from watching that, everyone. From, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and le- learn more individually. Like h- how do I, how do I still cheer for this team? Even though I'm not necessarily the one that's contributing to the fact that we're actually going to be champions. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm a coach, um, of a high school team, I, like, I, I see how much these players who, who might not necessarily be the stars or, um, you know, might not be on varsity yet, but how hard they work day in, day out that allows the team and the program to be so successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do feel like that's a lifelong lesson, like being a part of a team, putting your time in, and um, whether or whether or not you might end up being the star, it, it really kind of develops you um, into a strong, mm-hmm. you know, strong individual. No, so let's talk about this. So you're, you know, not only are you the superstar instructor at Joyride and Joy X Fitness Studios in Connecticut, but you're also the coach, the assistant yes, coach. assistant varsity, yep. To the girls varsity mm-hmm. at, at Staples, Staples High yes. School in Westport, which is pretty much always, almost always the number one, um, the number one uh, public school, public high school in Connecticut, yeah. pretty much. So what, when you're coaching these girls, right, that's a huge, so you have, you have all these different jobs, right? right? So, but when you're coaching these girls, what do you tell them about being part of a team? Like, how do you 
take all of your experiences about teamwork and team sports. What are the, what's like your main message when you're talking to these girls, especially in this day and age, I feel like it's so hard as a girl, right? I look at what they're all going through and you and I didn't go through a lot of the stuff. We didn't have social media. So I feel like even more now, more than ever, team sports and athletics, it's so important for these kids and especially for girls, I think now, because I have a girl and you have a girl. So what, what are your thoughts on all that when it comes um, to team sports for yeah. girls? Well, one, I feel like it helps give them confidence. It mm-hmm. helps, you know, when I talk to the girls, specifically my high school team, you know, it's, it's I, I don't think that I'm as like, you know, at Joyride, we're always trying to be like inspirational and talk specifically about, you know, we have a message for every class. And, you know, it's, it's different when I'm coaching. I, I would say I'm not like, okay, team, today we... I want you to play for each other. I want you to, you know, do everything you can so that you're, you can we can achieve this goal. I think what we try to teach the girls or try to coach the girls is that they have to show up every day, you know, and it's it's so stressful with what they have going on um, between their schoolwork and socially. Like, there's so much pressure on these young girls. Way but, more than, way more. More, more than yeah. what we had, right? And so regardless of what they have kind of going out, offside the field, they still, they show up. Um, they train hard, they train really hard, um, they stay focused, um, but at the same time, if there's something going on, we want them to talk to us about it, you know, we want them to recognize that the team is a support network where they can have fun, Mm -hmm. they can kind of let the stress of the day go and just kind of start really focusing on, um, having the support of their team getting that physical outlet because Mm -hmm. that's a huge stress relief. So I I think that on a day-to-day basis while we're coaching the kids, it's more about just kind of the smaller things, like putting that one foot forward, working hard, you know, having fun, always trying to have a smile on your face, even, you know, in intense situations. But, um, yeah, I I think that. I, I do think we really try to drive home the message of that you play for your team and that you focus on the moment, not necessarily, because we have very, you know, large aspirations. For the last two years, we've lost in the state finals. Two years in a row, I don't want to have to... Don't cry. I know, I might cry. cry. (laughs) I might get like... So anyway, so we we set these big goals and we really right. we believe like, you know, oh, that this we year's can, gonna be this, this year's yes. gonna be your year it's then, big, Mac. Yeah. yeah. So we're we set these big goals, but at the t- same time as we set these, you know, these large lofty goals, we don't we want them to focus specifically on the moment, right? Yeah. Like, and 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 recognize that that the the day in, day out, the work that you do, that will add up to get us where we wanna be. Mm-hmm. But the end game, the focus is not, you know, oh, we're going to be state champions. The focus is on, all right, today you show up, you work hard. You Mm -hmm. know, hey, this teammate might have had a bad day. What can we do to support them, to help them get through that? The, to the next day. So, mm-hmm. so then now that when I'm at Joyride, um, and it's something that I, I really am, I talk about team joy a lot in my classes because I, I really feel like that what you put out there is what you're going to get back. And when, you know, you might be on bike 46 or you might be on bike five in front of the instructor, but that person in, on bike five, how hard she's working is going to, no question, impact every single other person in that room, whether or not she knows the person who's sitting in the back row on bike 46. And I truly believe that the person in the back row, you know, we have multiple ages, multiple um, levels of fitness in that class. Like, 
someone who may have never taken a spinning class can be in that room and working hard and they're going to bring something to the rest of that Mm -hmm. room. Um, So I feel like being a part of a team has the ability to lift you up and make you stronger. But in order to do that, you have to be willing to do the same. You mm-hmm. gotta, you gotta put you put it in there. Put it in there too. Yeah, recognize even it's my. You know, today I don't. I'm not. I came in, maybe not be feeling well, or you know, I got a lot going on at home, and sometimes it's like, all right, well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put my work in and know that what I do today is gonna help lift someone else up. You yep. know, and I, I just. I feel lucky to be a part of something like that at mm-hmm. Joyride. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with our high school soccer team. Oh, well, yeah. I love that. Well, so how, like, um, when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're uh, motivating all of us yeah. in the spin room or in your other classes, because mm-hmm. by the way, Joyride is not just about spinning. Right. There's lots of other classes now. So many things about mixing it up, which is so good. But how are you, when you're up there and you're, and you're having a bad day, right? Oh, yes. Say you come in in a bad mood or something happens in your life. How do you get through that? And sort of maybe do you think about that team thing again and say to yourself, I can't let my bad mood or my bad day, how do you does maybe then the energy from everyone else in the room lift you back up? Yeah. It's not, how does that come around for you? It's really hard. Um, because I'm sure you don't walk in there every day in like the best mood, right? No, no. And actually like speaking of like soccer and you know, our high school team. So our state final game was on like a Sunday afternoon and we lost and it was like, you know, a really tight, close game was one, nothing. And, that next Monday morning, I had to show up at Joyride and teach. And I was like, I literally like just wanted to, I didn't even want to get out of bed. Cause right, because you just, were probably a little we depressed. Were, you know, we were devastated. Yeah. And I, you know, and it, I, I mean, I was more devastated for like the seniors, right? Because that that was their opportunity to be state champions. And now they don't have that opportunity mm-hmm. again. And it's, it's heart-wrenching, right? And they put so much hard work in and they've worked for the last four years. And you're so close to that goal. And I mean, and we all know that, Truly, the the moments that you lose are really the ones where you're going to learn the most mm-hmm. and the where you're actually going to gain the most strength from. And down the road, you'll be able to tap in and use that. But at that point in time, it really kind of that ability to just be like, OK, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put my best foot forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to put a smile on my face and then and recognize that at the end of those 50 minutes, like I have a team in there and they're going to help me. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's truly how you kind of get through any day that you don't necessarily feel like t- teaching is that mm-hmm. like, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to do this for my team. Um, because I have to, I, I'm not going to let them down. And, and I know that after that 50 minutes, I'm personally going to feel better because they do the same thing for me. So mm-hmm. it's a really, it's something that I'm very, you know, grateful and I feel very, um, honored to be able to be a part of it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, so how do you handle failure in sports? Because we all have it, right? So that, yeah, that's, it's so tricky. And nowadays now as parents do, everyone gets like a trophy for everything. Right. And, but the real, the reality is, is that, you know, there's a winner and there's a loser and it's interesting now to watch what's going on because it wasn't that way when, when we were growing up and we were out there but so how do you handle failure? Not um, only as a mom, yeah. Um, how do you handle the failure in sports, but as a coach? Oh, it's and not how easy. how do you work through that? 
Um, listen, I, I gotta be honest with you. I don't know if there's anyone else that loves to win more than I do. Like I love it. <laughs> you are it. so competitive. Oh, so I competitive. love it. I always have been. I can't, I can't help it. Right. But, um, one thing that, um, that I've recognized about myself that is that competitiveness is not necessarily like external. Like I'm, when I'm, if, you know, we're competing against something, it's, it's truly, I feel like you need to compete against yourself. Like that it has to be like, how am I? stronger today than I was yesterday and trying to understand what it is that you've done to make that progress. Um, and the, the second thing that I think helps when you're trying to handle failure is to not take it emotionally, right? Like, and try to learn from it. And that's, I, I watched, a, I think it was a podcast, um, or a Ted talk and I think it was Kobe Bryant. And, and they were basically talking about, um, if you, when you lose, like, how do you handle it? And he's like, well, I don't get emotional about it. He's like, if I've lost, I'd be like, hmm, what did I, what did I eat that day? Um, how was I training? You know, what, what was it that did I not study the, t the other team enough to kind of understand where their weaknesses were or, you know, what it is that I could do to, to kind of get to that next level to get the advantage over them. And I think that, um, that's, how my mind works um, more, practical, more practical and how to get better yep. the next time instead like, of being emotional yes so I it's like, like that that technical versus mm -hmm. emotional mm -hmm. um key and I think that that is something like is like a that's a life skill mm -hmm. if anything and I even think about it like when I'm trying to you know manage my kids okay like um how, how right, let me try to take the emotion out of this let's try to look specifically at this situation and try to understand how I can you know better help um you know, my son, if he's, you know, not listening or, you know, if he's done something he wasn't supposed to do, all right, let me take the emotion out of it. Let's kind of back up. Did I not set the rules clear enough so he had an understanding? So I think we are constantly talking to the girls about um, how to learn from, you know, losses or learn mm -hmm. from those performances. And how to get better well. from it, right? Yeah. That's, yep. that's basically all it is, is, yep. is trying to just stay focused tactically on it versus mm -hmm. that emotional side. And it's hard. Yeah, like, girls, you're emotional. I know. We all are. I know it's hard. Um, and it is, and they work so hard, mm -hmm. you know, know. And they put a lot of pressure, but at the end of the day, like as much as I love to win, it, it's, I do have that understanding that it, it's not about the win or the loss, right? It's really about what you're going to learn from the sport, what you're going to gain from being a part of a team. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that truly is, is why I'm, you know, part of a, you know, high school program is because I, I know what it taught me as a young, um, as a young girl. And I know that it literally gave me lifelong lessons. Right. So, I feel like it kind of changed yeah. your life. Yeah, it yeah. really did. It yeah. really, really did. So that is kind of, even with my kids, when, you know, trying to, being a parent and not the coach of your kids is, is, oh, I bet hard. that's tricky. It's really tricky. Yeah. And so I am always having to drive home in my own head, like, the only reason why I want Parker to be a part of a team is what she's going to learn from it. Mm -hmm. I'm not, and you know, you have to like, I believe me, I have to tell myself that over and over again mm -hmm. because it's hard to not like coach her to be like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? But it's the whole purpose of having your kid be a part of a sport. It truly to me is to just teach them those lifelong lessons. And part of that is how do you handle losses? Cause mm -hmm. that's the biggest, we talk about it in Joyride every day is that, we're very lucky at Joyride in those 50 minutes. We push ourselves to the point of failure, you know, with every Tabata interval or with every, you know, endurance drill towards the end of it. You're really, you're maxing out. You're, we were actually encouraging you to get to the point of failure. And guess what? 
we need you to pick yourself back up because we're going to do it again. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it again. We're mm-hmm. going to do it again. And it's the same thing with sports, yep. right? Yep. That's the, the biggest gift is to learn from your failure. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. We can all we can all work on that, yes. I think, right? Yeah. So speaking of fitness and joy rides, so tell tell me what you think in this new year, 2019. What do you see as like the new fitness trends? What are you seeing out there that's intriguing you? What I do mean, you see on the horizon for the new year? What are the trends that yeah, it's, you've been watching? It's, it's, it's a really great um, question. I think a huge trend, right, is the at-home fitness, which is something for, you know, some someplace like Joyride or me as an instructor is, is I would say, is a little concerning, right? Because You mean well, like the Peloton? Yes, the Peloton and now the mirror. The mirror. I mean, it's pretty, I love the We're fact, talking about you, yes, Armand. I know. Armand, it's so amazing. I literally had to like stop myself. I, when I saw it originally, this is, when I saw it, like Armand had posted it or whatever, and I was sitting next to my husband on the couch, and I was like, Oh my God, Tom, this is so cool. Like I need this right now. And he's like, can you, can we please talk about this first? Can we talk about it? I was like, okay, fine. But anyways, so it's so the at home, the at home is a huge piece of it. And one, I love it because it makes it convenient for people. Mm -hmm. Um, cause time is such an asset. Um, and two, it makes it more, you know, fitness more accessible to more Mm -hmm. people. Um, which is a positive, which but is then, a positive. so yeah. So yeah. then, but what do you think for, that's a little challenging for right. you guys? Right? Well, and again, in just in terms of kind of our philosophy with Joyride is like, it really is community based. It is team based. So we look at it at Joyride. I look at it as instructors, like I have to be on my game. Well, you that's know? a good like thing. It, right? it is. It's a really, yep. it's really kind of forcing you to truly be the best, be the best, best you version can. of yourself that you can be because and do your job, yeah, do your job. Yeah. Yeah. Step up and, and it do is, it. and it's again, it's like humbling, like because there are other places out there. People don't have to come right. see you. There's a lot of other incredible instructors out there. A lot mm-hmm. of other um, options. So yep. you have to bring your best and mm-hmm. um, hope that people keep coming back. So people like me, myself, Mac, yeah. um, in my mid forties, I'm 46. I talk about that all oh. the time. So say you work out five days a week. Okay. Um, yep. Do you recommend doing like? Yes. Three days of cardio and, and two, two days of yes. weight, something yeah. like that. Is it's that sort of your biggest totally tip? And 100%. Just to keep it simple, right? Keep it simple. And the three other three days of cardio, two days of weights. But even like you can combine it. So like even at Joyride, we have like a cycle sculpt class, right? Where you're doing, you know, some cardio, 30, some weights. Yeah, thirty minutes on the bike, and then you go into the other studio and you're doing. Um, 30 minutes of weights. And like, if you take a joy X class, um, upstairs, you're going to have, um, you know, you're going to box, which is a great cardiovascular exercise, but then at the same time, you're going to do strength conditioning exercises Mm -hmm. as well. So, so I think that that's, um, kind of these blended classes is also going to be one of the kind of fitness trends that has taken over and continue to, because you get to do both. Yeah. Right? You're going to get your strength good. training that's and what your I cardio. Focus on yeah. More. Yeah. No. Okay. You, you, Instead you of both. doing the different days, maybe yes. just blend it. You can I blend like it. That. Okay. So, um, it's a good idea. So that's like another way to, to look at it as well. But in general, I would say, you know, it's, it's like a three to two ratio, three, you know, cardiovascular. And what, classes. what do you do? Do you, do you eat before you work out or do you eat after you work out? So what do you recommend? Both, both right. So you want to have your energy to get a great, um, workout and then your, your post um, meal is your fuel, um, or is your, is your recovery. That's what's going to, um, fuel your muscles to be stronger. So when you're going to work out, like the, the pre meal about an hour before it's an hour before it's like a, um, 
a simple carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. And I say, and I don't really, you know, we like when I say a simple carbohydrate, I think of it like more of like a piece of fruit, um, a banana. Simple carbohydrate would be like, a, you know, some pretzels, something like that, because you need something that's going to break down quickly for your body to use it as fuel. Mm-hmm. So something that is um, you're going to be able to draw off of right away. Um, like rice, like even even brown rice is something mm-hmm. um, that is something that your body can easily digest. And then post-workout, within an hour of it, that's like, that's your go-to, right? That's your big meal. And there you want like a, um, a protein yep. and you also want a carbohydrate too. So whether or not, um, like th- whether or not that carbohydrate is, you know, like a a sweet potato or quinoa mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, you want to have that within 60 minutes post your meal because with that the is protein. with the okay. protein because that's what's going to then then fuel your muscles to make you get stronger. I think like I love quinoa. I love um, sweet potatoes. Um, I I like crave salads. <laughs> it oh, sounds yeah. crazy, but yeah. like I am huge into it. And I it's like a veggie dump. Like whatever I have in the fridge is what I throw in it. And I always will throw in like quinoa or barley or something in it as well to give it a little bit of texture. Yeah, sweet potatoes too. Just also to make sure you have those complex carbs. Um, in them as well. Um, you didn't know that when you became a fitness professional, you were also going to have to like figure out nutrition. I know, you? but I, I <laughs> th- like, luckily I have people that do that for me. So Katie deal, who's actually an instructor at yes, Joyride. She's we love Katie, love Katie. Yeah. And she's actually also kind of like our team nutritionist as mm. well. So I know a lot of this because she'll come and speak to our team um, for the guys. season and kind oh, of give us the guidelines. Yeah. So thankfully I have uh, like, again, it's part of the team. Katie. It's I a support. That. I know yes. it's a support network. That's going to make you better. I love that. Yeah. So I know you talked a little bit earlier about your mentors, Rhodey and Amy, yes. who are the co-owners of Joyride and Joy X. But tell us a little bit about who who are your sort of fitness, where do you draw your fitness inspiration from? Like, are there certain people out there that, other than your mentors, of course, right. but um, right. who inspires you in the fitness world? Um, where do you get that from? Well, I have to give like a couple of like my mother, of course. So my oh, mother has yeah, been like, a, it to her, yeah, it sounds yeah. Like. so she has always been someone that's inspired me. And I'm, I'm lucky enough that she was a role model for me growing up. Her and my dad were always kind of active, but my mom would always kind of go to the gym and do her classes and stuff. So I had that as ingrained in me that that should be kind of part of your well-being um and then I also had like instructors when I was out in Chicago when I was just kind of getting my footing like Jeff and Annette and Lois like these instructors that were really inspiring to me that kind of it was like you know maybe someday I could be like them um but finally like besides obviously Rudy and Amy um it my inspiration is is everyone that shows up to to take our classes, you know, like when you get an opportunity to be an instructor and you're on that podium and you have kind of the sea of that 46 bikes, or if you're in Joy X and you're, you know, coaching 24 people in that room, like what I get to see, it is such an inspiration. Like, like I mentioned, like we have people of all different levels, all different ages that are working so hard to just kind of be stronger. It, it is such an inspiration and I feel beyond lucky to be a part of it. So I draw off of um, 
my joy riders and joy exers just as much as they're kind of drawn off as us as instructors. But I know you know we all look up to you, yeah. right? Well, no, but it's the same. Okay, literally and I love that you're looking way. at us. Yes. I love that. No, and it, and it, it's and uh, you know you always have those people in your front row. You're like, oh my god, they're amazing. But it's not even just about that front row. You know, it's the whole it's more room. So, like I mean, we have, Patty Gibson's one of my favorite joy riders ever, and she's always in the back row, always. But she shows up every class. And she works so hard. You know, Judy, I've seen. She's not going to want me to tell how old she is, but she is like an unbelievable inspiration, like how she comes to these classes and gives it her all. And then every now and then will complain that she's not crazy about my music, but then still shows up and still works just as hard. Like we are so lucky. Like inspiration is something for, for me, it, it is, it comes very easy. And it's the same thing with the coaching the high school soccer team. Like every day, these girls, they, no matter what's going on with their lives, they show up and they work so hard and you know we're what we're asking them is very demanding and they they don't complain um they don't ask twice they you they know whether or not it. they just do it yeah you know so yep. um, i love that i'm very lucky to be surrounded by inspiration like on yeah. a daily basis i know that helps doesn't it it helps yeah, us it all really so does much. So what's it like, Mackenzie, being Mrs. Pretty? Ah, it's so it's it's funny being Mrs. Pretty, right? And I, I mean, um, it's a good thing you are pretty because it would be really pressure, funny Nina. if you were like. It is a lot of pressure. So not so gorgeous. A couple of things about being Mrs. Pretty. So I, my maiden name, I don't know if you know, is Bruno. So I'm like a tough Italian. My dad's 100 percent Italian. So I had a, my my name is is or was Mackenzie Bruno. And so Mackenzie and Bruno can both be either a first or last name. So growing up actually, and then especially when I entered the corporate rule, when things were by email, everyone thought I was actually a guy. They would always address me as Bruno, blah, blah, blah. So it was so funny, like that, that, that was how I kind of grew up. And then, then I, you know, when I married my husband, you know, now to be pretty, it's funny. And when my husband and I were like dating and stuff, he'd always say like, if you marry me, you'll be pretty forever. You know, he totally had a line and I don't know how many times he used it before, <laughs> that is, that's but a good line, we don't, though, I just Tom. pretend that it was just to me. Um, and it's a line he'll teach my boys, um, as well. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. So yeah, so it's a lot of fun being Mrs. Pretty, but it is a lot of pressure too, Nina. I have to tell you. <laughs> well, it's a good thing. My husband even said when he was like, who's your guest? I said, Mackenzie Pretty. He's like, well, she better be pretty. Pretty. I said, well, the good thing with her is she's got that down. But a true beauty inside and out, Thank Mac. You. And by the way, we all call you Mac, but it sounds like your cousin you were talking about. They call you Kenzie. Yes, that's right. I always grew up as Kenzie. See, yeah. we learn all this Isn't new stuff on the yep. podcast about our friend Mac. But... Anyway, I just want to say thank you so much. This was so much fun. So again, everyone follow Mackenzie Pretty at Mackenzie Pretty on Instagram. But thank you so much for being here. It was so much fun. No, Nina. What did thank you think you. about your first time? I, I I hope I didn't talk too much. Um, and I loved well, it. This really I is really, about you. Yeah. So it's good to no, talk. A lot. I, it feels a little awkward that way. But I had the best time, Nina. I can't thank you enough for having me in your home. And you're just. You're an inspiration to me and everything that you do um, and and not just what you do, but just how kind you are and warm you are and you make everyone feel like like a million dollars. So you are really, truly um, someone that I look up to and that I admire and that I'm 
constantly, I don't want to say stealing, but stealing different ideas of how you, how you manage everything. Really. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, you know, I'm, I'm actually more of a hot mess behind the scenes, but thank <laughs> you. Thank you so much for saying all that. It really means so much to me. So I'll see you at Joyride. Sounds good. And, um, everyone that's in Connecticut, check out Joyride on Instagram. And if you happen to be in Fairfield County, please come join Mac for a class because she will kick your butt. So Mac, we love you and thank you all for listening. I'm so grateful for all of you out there. I know that I would never be here without all of you guys supporting me and inspiring me to be a kinder, better person every single day. Stay tuned for next week's podcast. Remember, you can find me on iTunes. Please be sure to subscribe and rate and review my podcast too. The mission of the podcast is to get better together as a community here in the audio space. For now, I am your host, Nina Clark. You can find me across all social media platforms as Nina B. Clark. Remember, the B is for Bradley, and there's an E at the end of Clark. As I just told Mackenzie, also known as Mac, that right now, the gram is my jam, so please let's be sure to connect on Instagram. Thank you again for listening, and let's all keep being awesome.